Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. My panic meter, it's at a complete zero. I have that much confidence that Fiddy is about to just destroy this live wire. Don't make a fool of me, Fiddy. Go ahead and just kill it. <laughs> Already a bad start. Awesome. Um, all right, before we get to the sound, I was thinking about this over the weekend, watching the preseason uh, game right here in Carolina, and I watched a lot of preseason football around the NFL. Is Robert Sala the coach you would least like to get into a fight with? He's one of them. Because yeah. that dude is, that dude tripped. Yeah. Do you have an answer for this, or do you care what coach you get in a fight with, Wes? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about it. I was trying to cycle through all of the coaches in the NFL because Robert Sala, he's got such a great demeanor. He seems like such a nice guy, but I guess as far as just physically, uh, Mike Vrabel will probably be my answer. top vote because an ex-linebacker, he's a tough guy. You're going to have to really beat the hell out of Mike Vrabel if you want to uh, beat him, I feel like. It's a great answer. Uh, I'll <laughs> also put D'Amico Ryans into the mix. Yes. Ooh. yes. D'Amico Ryans, well. Mike Vrabel. Mike Tomlin has weird old man strength fear for me. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the guy just never loses. He's yeah. never had a losing season in his life. Well, so. there, there's nobody that's going to come out of their corner like Mike Tomlin with that scowl looking at you. Immediately, he gets the advantage because of Intensity. his eyes wide He's open. He's bring it. No, thank you. I'm good. Mike Tomlin, he can have all that. I don't want no smoke. Okay, so what coach would you least or would you most like to fight? Because I still think the answer is Sean Payton. And I've got an immediate answer. Here. Because, and I don't know how much of y'all watched him over the weekend. That guy, outside of looking just dumb in general, looks really stupid in Bronco Oh, uh, Reverend Herbaceous also with a great... <laughs> Dan Campbell, of course. Of course, oh, Dan yeah. Campbell is up there. We just, we just came up with a top five or a Mount Rushmore. It doesn't mean I want to fight him. Sean Payton is the number one answer for somebody you might want to fight. Yeah. I mean, we're just like, look, I don't care if I get beat. I want to get my good punches in. But Mike McDaniel is probably the one you feel the best about. <laughs> <laughs> and him. I want to fight him. I love him. Kyle, I want him to coach my team. Kyle Shanahan, and sometimes I do want to fight Kyle Shanahan. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would still take Mike McDaniel. The, the coaching tree, do you think that you are not allowed to be able to fight if you come from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree? Because we have Mike McDaniel now that was with him in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan himself. Yeah, by the way, I don't. I would love to have these guys as my head coach. I would actively not fight them if it meant that they could be my head See, coach. See, Mike McDaniel kind of strikes me as a guy that if you press his buttons a little too much, you might see a different side of him because he's in decent shape. He's not a, a pip squeak but out I'm going there. for small. He's the smallest coach I know. Oh, so you're a bully because you're like 6'3". If I'm going to fight with a football yeah. coach, <laughs> I want the smallest oh, one there. Shane Steichen. He's probably my number one that I would want to fight. He gets on my nerves so bad. His little uh, – not Shane Steichen. Um, I thought it might be. My boy from the Gannon? Eagles. Oh, John Gannon or no. oh, oh, God. Nick oh, Sirianni. Oh, yes, Nick Sirianni, oh. yes, Lord. I want to <laughs> shove a cheesesteak. And shut him up. You ain't lying. I'm glad you I'm stopped. With you 100%. I, that was a good call. I want to shove a cheesesteak, and then you didn't. Sh- you didn't say where <laughs> you want to shove it, and then you said. Well, I said I, I wanted to shove him. I wanted to shut him up, so you could have. 
imagine where I wanted to put the cheesesteak. No, I, I know, but with you, I, I actually don't know where you're <laughs> going to put that cheesesteak. Let's move on very quickly, shall we? What thing do you have first for us in the live one? All right, let's get to some actual good sound that I, I really worked hard pulling this morning. So earlier this morning, James Harden was uh, at a camp, a speaking engagement. We don't know where James Harden actually was. It looked like a camp. I'll get drum on it. But he was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he went on record talking about the GM of the 76ers, Daryl Morey, and he called him a liar. And in the same soundbite, he doubled down on it. Uh, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Walker, I asked you this during the break, and I hope you didn't look for it during the break. Have you seen the quote out of the Athletic article about this where the distrust with him and Maury began? No, I didn't see it. Enlighten me. So undoubtedly, when he first got to Philadelphia, they had set aside what they called Pizza Fridays, where every Friday they were going to meet and have pizza. And it lasted for about a month. And then it just never seemed to happen consistently. And that's where the distrust for James Harden and Daryl Morey began was over not having lunches and uh next time i ask you out for a beer and you say no just imagine that distrust it's being built right there <laughs> there's gonna wow. be a clip on social media fitty saying i do not want to work on a radio show that walker's <laughs> a part of again i repeat i do not want to work on a radio show walker is a part of ever again and it all started with our beer problems just like it started with pizza problems between daryl Morey and james harden perhaps the other thing I heard about with Daryl promising him he would give him money after Harden denied an extension that would allow him to gain more in the short term, but then it looked like Daryl Morey promised him more money in the long term. Well, then that eventually did not happen, and that's why I think James Harden is really frustrated with the current GM of the 76ers. What do you make of the soundbite from James Harden? Yeah, I think it's very interesting, and so now I want to see where it goes from here. I mean, we know James Harden has a knack for forcing himself out of situations, and now he's you know, talking trash about Daryl Morey, man. It's the hottest thing going at this very second when you talk about in sports media. So uh, James Harden always making the highlights one way or another. Yeah, everybody has talked about how he's going to be eating plenty of pizza now in order to just completely tank whatever team he gets traded to because now it's not going to be the Clippers. Right. That's the highest on his wish list. Now, I'm sorry. Hey, you might be talking about him here in Charlotte. And he's not going to want to play here. Detroit. You know, maybe at Detroit. He's like, look, man, oh, he's going to be turning over the basketball a lot, and he's going to be a little hefty coming into the regular season. <laughs> What's next, Vinny? You know if he gets up, it becomes a horn, and the fat suit Harden will, will reappear. Immediately. I'm kind of cheering for that. Um, <laughs> so over the weekend, the NBA inducted their 2023 Hall of Fame class, including current Spurs head coach Greg Popovich who shared a, a story about how he visited uh, UNC and Coach Smith, and that really helped him grow and develop as a coach? To answer your question, while I was there, I'd watch Coach Smith, and that's where I learned uh, how to keep in touch with people. And I think most people who've coached for a while uh, know those stories about Coach Smith where he kept track of everybody. Uh, players, friends, acquaintances. He'd write handwritten notes to people. He'd want to find out how they're doing, how their kids are. And he had, he had lists of that sort of thing. And uh, he kept up with that so that he was uh, aware of everybody that had gone through the program and that kind of thing. And that's where I picked that up. 
So does this mean that Carolina basketball can now lay claim to having the best basketball player of all time, two college basketball head coaches on the Mount Rushmore, and maybe arguably the best NBA coach of all time? Are you going to start referring to it as Carolina Blue now, Wes, instead of Oiler Blue because of all of the success in basketball that they've had? No, I'll call it Sky Blue or Houston Oilers Blue. Okay. And, um, yeah, I figured that was why this was in here anyway for Fitty to be able to get in some uh, UNC boasting. What I will say, I'll defend this a little bit. Thank okay. you. This is cool to me. Because I had never heard this story before. Me yeah. neither. I would consider, I mean, Greg Popovich is on the um, Mount Rushmore of best NBA coaches of all time. I would put him up there with what he's done with the Spurs, especially no in that market. This guy made Boris Diaw and Danny Green, at least for like a couple of games, a possible finals MVP candidate. Yeah. I, yeah, we couldn't get him to do anything here in Charlotte after, you know, his first season. Anyways, yeah, Greg Popovich telling you while he was on sabbatical and then he was learning some things from Dean Smith to make sure you take care of the people part of this business where if you just missed the first clip to lead off the live wire, maybe Daryl Morey should have spent some time with Dean Smith forgetting about the people part, even with James Harden's troubles history. And we know about Daryl Morey. All only caring about the advanced stats and not the people part of it. Dean Smith, the guy that gave $100 to every single player after he passed away because of the relationship that he had with anybody that donned the Tar Heel Blue. Yeah, man. Like, Dean Smith is one of those guys that you could hear story after story after story on how not only great of a basketball coach he was, but how great of a human he was. Every, every time you hear anybody talk about Dean Smith, it's something that just enlightens you a little more into just how he operates as a human being. And he that touched so lot. many people, though. I have to give him his yeah. credit, man. He was one of the most influential coaches of all time. You can't argue it. You like, happy, it, Fitty? There you go. You got some comp, uh, compliments from Wes. It's a... Are you crying? It's an August miracle that, that Wes can compliment Carolina, but he'll be doing that a lot this upcoming football and basketball season. No, I had to throw a shot in there after he gave you a compliment. So we've <laughs> talked a lot of conference realignment this offseason as the college football season is officially right around the quarter, corner. And a lot of talk is around Notre Dame. Well, Heather Denich, a friend of the show, she joined Get Up to talk about how Notre Dame, while they're not joining a conference anytime soon, but if they do... It should be the Big Ten. Notre Dame has reiterated its clinging to independence, and Jack Swarbrick has also said repeatedly, including again this morning, that there are three things that could change that. That's loss of a broadcast partner, which isn't happening anytime soon, obviously. Um, not a suitable home for the Olympic sports, also not on the horizon. And then also not a fair route to the college football playoff or the postseason, also not happening anytime soon. So nothing would surprise me more in all all of this realignment mess than to see Notre Dame relinquish its independence, particularly to the Big Ten. Because if we're being honest, that's where Notre Dame belongs. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I remember the Big Ten talking about Notre Dame, Penn State, and all those things. But the reality is they would have to pay the exit fee to get out of there and relinquish that contract. A lot of, a lot of hoops. What do you think about that comment, Wes? I think that if Notre Dame did go somewhere else, I know the ACC would be very upset about that. I feel like that they should go to the ACC, obviously, for reasons that uh, we all know. But uh, if they are to relinquish that independence, but also, too, with the big conferences, uh, 
Notre Dame to the Big Ten does make a lot of sense as well. And so that's going to be another interesting aspect to see. Can they make more money in a conference than they've made uh, independently on football? Because we know that's the reason why they haven't relinquished that independence. Yeah, we know Notre Dame is the thing that if they were to, if that was the program, because they're a part of the ACC and everything else. So if they were to join with their football program now counting towards the ACC, that would be a monster boost towards the conference life and the value. And that is the thing that everybody is holding on hope to. But Notre Dame has never given any indication that they want to be anything other than independent and continue to reap in the benefits that is that NBC contract that they have. Now, I know with the ACC network, you had the rights to ACE, you had the rights to Notre Dame if they ever do decide to join a conference. It has to be the ACC, but they're not going to do it right now. And yeah, she's speaking geographically. Because totally, you have two teams already in Indiana that are both in the Big Ten and Purdue in Indiana. So Notre Dame would make the most sense to go to the Big Ten. But hey, we don't care about geography anymore. All we care about is money. Geography's out the window, okay? Like now that the Big Ten went all the way to Nebraska and that was just the beginning stages of how west they were about to go. (laughs) Yeah, man. Sorry, Heather. Uh, Notre Dame is ours, and we're going to hold on to it as much as we possibly can. We want them to be ours, at least in football, like they are in a lot of other sports. Yeah, because whenever I think of the ACC, if, I mean, if you don't think of South Bend, Indiana, then you're just thinking of it all wrong. Oh, right there on the coast, the Atlantic coast, South Bend, Indiana, baby. All right, last piece of sound I have for you guys. Uh, Walk, remember back during Charlotte Team Week, Biff Pogey made his uh, show debut, and y'all – Y'all bonded over your love of ice cream. The Haagen-Dazs Hog Mollies. So he taught, he joined Chevrolet Sports Night, and the head coach of Charlotte Football says they need ice cream after every football practice. It's a good group, good group. But, you know, here's the problem. We need a freaking ice cream company in this town to bring out and comp us with ice cream every day <laughs> during camp. <laughs> well, I, hey, I don't care who you I'm agnostic, man. I'm agnostic. <laughs> Just ice cream and a lot of it. And that's that would be good for us. Wait a minute. Can we take responsibility for this hitting the mainstream? What did we talk about in our interview? Getting a company to sponsor some kind of ice cream ploy for them. I want this. I want the Haagen-Dazs Hog Mollies to be a real thing. I want that for Biff Pogey and that football team. I saw this on Twitter, too. Apparently, like a Coca-Cola vendor around here or something like that was willing to dish out some ice cream for him after every practice or at least once. Man, I feel like we got this thing off of the ground. I love ice cream. I love Charlotte football. To see them both come together, it's a perfect world for me. And now I feel like we need to take ownership of this. Hey, man, that would be great for those kids. I'm sure that they will be excited about that. My thing is, too, I mean, how much more stuff are these kids going to get? They get NIL now. They get all types of stuff. I'm definitely on the old man on the yard type of deal. Now you get ice cream after every practice. What about after a bad practice? Are you still going to get ice cream? It was like Johnny Manziel said in the documentary, except it's with ice cream. Win or lose, we booze. Right. <laughs> Win or lose, we eat ice cream. And that's the motto I want Biff Pogey to live by. Yeah, I, man. I just wanted to ask, can we start having ice cream after every show? You know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm going to be one fat Walker male, just like he was down in seventh grade.